Welcome to the Tucson Bitcoin Podcast. Today, my guests are Nico and Phil from the, the YouTube show Simply Bitcoin, which, in my opinion, is hands down the best Bitcoin show that, on YouTube in regards to uh, learning about the news and what's happening currently in the Bitcoin space that I have found. And they have a great sense of humor. Uh, they, they really know what they're talking about, and it, and it shows. It's not like these other channels where they just go down the list of altcoins you know to try and pump um and it's not about like you know these things go into the moon it's a lot more about you know bitcoin and its philosophy which is something that gets me really excited uh, because i think that's a really important part about bitcoin is that um you know we're looking to really change the monetary system not necessarily just to get rich on these scams uh like a lot of people are promoting right now but yeah they um we had a great conversation about Bitcoin, about why they chose to only cover Bitcoin and, and not the altcoins, and also just about you know the philosophy of Bitcoin, where it's going in the future. So I hope you enjoy this conversation, and definitely go check out and subscribe to their channel. All right, we're recording. Good to have you on, Phil and Nico. What's up? Thank you for Happy having us. Here. Happy to be here, bro. Yeah, you guys have my favorite bitcoin show on uh youtube um what what inspired you guys to start it uh, uh i was gonna say i'll let you I'll, I'll let you explain it nico uh man look so dude i i just I, I kept seeing you know these these horrible channels on youtube that just like covered all these shit coins. can i can i curse i'm sorry yeah go for it is, is it cool okay yep. yeah so I, I saw all these shit coin channels and and man like they just kept ripping people off. And me and Phil have both had this experience where we've been through shit coinery. You know, we paid our, our, our price of tuition. And, uh, you know, it, it, and honestly, it cost it, it. It was a huge opportunity opportunity cost for us both. Right. So, look, I was like, look, I could do this. I could use their same methods like thumbnails, catchy titles. Right. But I could make it just about Bitcoin. We also didn't want to talk about the price as well, right? So, you know, it was only going to be about Bitcoin news, how that relates to the world, you know, so, and, but I also needed like, you know, a, a fellow plebe to do this with. I couldn't do this by myself. So, uh, man, I thought Phil was like, you know, the perfect person to do it with. We've become brothers ever since, you know, I'm, I'm super blessed to found this, this guy and, uh, man, we started it. And ever since we've been loving it every single second of it. Yeah, I, I found it to be a really fun process of uh, going out and starting, you know, a Bitcoin show or podcast and uh, it, just being able to talk with uh, really smart people and learn. I mean, it's an incredible process. Um, yeah, Nico, you talked a little bit about uh, just the trash that's out there. I think that kind of goes for the media in general. Um, and that's one of the things that I like about your guys' show is you uh, unpack uh, some of the fails from the media and from the blue check marks. Um, why, why do you think these people struggle so much to see the importance of Bitcoin? I'll, I'll throw this one over to you, Phil. Um, I, I think that the, um, the real issue is the incentives. They are not incentivized whatsoever in painting a clear picture of why Bitcoin and what the issue is, right? Um, that that's really the the main problem. So as a result, you get these terrible takes from these people who, 
you know, it, it doesn't matter what the actual truth of the situation is, because at the end of the day, they have to sell a narrative in order to receive a paycheck, you know, or keep their circle of friends, you know, their social circles or, you know, whatever metric it is that they use to, you know, determine, you know, their status and, and whatever it is that they're doing. So, yeah, it, it really is that problem, I think. Yeah, I, I think one of the funniest fails was that I've seen from uh, a blue check mark recently was the whole Moscow time um, incident that happened. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that was absolutely brutal. I, I mean, are, are you kidding me? Like, th this guy was coming up with that Jack Dorsey was, like, blinking for Morse code. And, and it was, you know, like, I, I mean, the, you know, so there's one thing I've understood is that the, the simplest answer is usually the right one. Okay. And that is the most complex, psychotic mental gymnastic I've ever seen to explain something that he's seeing. Yeah, speaking of which, what, what time is it in Moscow right now? Do any of you guys know? 1952? <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. I'm checking. No, no, no. The block clock doesn't have it. Do you, you have a block clock, Nico? It's, it's right in front of me. That's awesome. Yeah, my uncle texted me a picture of it. I, because of that whole debacle, it came up and he... Um, was like, yeah, maybe this would be a good Christmas present for you. And I was like, yeah, it's just a waste of money. Even NVK talks about it being a waste of money, which is kind of funny. But they're they're they are pretty fun. It totally is, man. I, like I I was going Phil and I have been going back and forth about like purchasing purchasing this thing. I had it in my shopping cart for like six months phil's i phil i think told me he's had it for like four months and i was like look this thing isn't worth it you know i could whatever uh bro but then it was like i woke up one day and i was like man like i i, I was tired of like not being able to like look around my room and not seeing the bitcoin price so i ordered like these cheap like bitcoin tickers on etsy and they just weren't cutting it so i was like oh man like uh so i Man, I pulled the trigger. I regretted it the instant I did it. But man, as soon as I opened the box, bro, this thing is quality. Like it's qual like it is worth $400. You know, it's not like this cheap plastic thing like the thing is worth what you're what you're paying, right? Of course, it does cost you some sats. You know, that sucks. I maybe I'll regret it in the future when when Bitcoin inevitably hits a million dollars, right? Um but man, I like it. I like looking at it. So, um, but yeah, dude, it, it's pretty sick. I, I, I told Phil, I was like, I think you should buy it, but Phil, Phil still hasn't pulled the trigger yet. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm busy buying. I'm busy buying more useless swag than that. I, uh, I recently purchased uh, the uh, "Here Comes Corey" sweaters from uh, BTC Pins. So I'm, I'm that person, right? Like he'll go and spend four hundred dollars on a clock, and I'll go and waste like one hundred and fifty bucks on some hoodies. Uh, so I, I can't help it. I, I'm a, I'm a total sucker when it comes to the uh, to the swag. But I'm just something about the block clock. It just I I can't do it. You know, like Nico was saying, like I've I've added it to my cart five times, and and five times I've just closed the site. I'm like I I can't do it. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it looks yeah. great. It looks cool, and it, and it you could even do firmware upgrades to it and stuff like, which means it could possibly have other functions showing you other information maybe at some point. So, you know, like one could even make the argument that it's going to be upgradable. 
I don't know. You know, I try to sell it to myself, but I, for now, I, I still I haven't done it. I think it'll probably be worth buying the moment that they actually do put Moscow time on the block clock so you can actually legitimately track it. <laughs> Very important. We need to know. Yeah. Since we're, I mean, kind of looking forward to the future. There, there, there's already been some pretty ridiculous uh, labels of Bitcoiners. I, I know, um, I forgot what that guy's name was. He, he's the trader that was tweeting about uh, how Coinbase looks like they're insolvent. Peter Brandt, maybe? Um, I, I don't want to misrepresent. Uh, I don't know. But, um, you know oh, go ahead. I was going to ask Nico, do you know who he's talking about? Uh, dude, man, I, listen, I, I don't no know. I don't know who you're talking about, bro, but no Coinbase is an insultant. And I look, I'm so sick and tired of the mainstream, uh, the mainstream media narrative, exactly what you were talking about before and, and opinions from blue check marks and older people. If you ask anybody under the age of, let's say 50, right? If they don't work in an industry that completely that Bitcoin completely disintermediates, they either love Bitcoin or they don't have Bitcoin or they don't understand Bitcoin, but they don't have a negative opinion about it. Right. So, man, I, I used to care about that. But now I've gotten to this point where, dude, Phil and I, bro, we've been through hell and back. We survived the bear market. OK, it was it was a bad bear market. I remember my. um you know, my portfolio, um, like it hit a level where I was like, I had to go back to work. I had to go back to work in real estate. I could no longer maintain myself in, uh, you know, just working in, uh, just working, uh, just working in, in Bitcoin mining or hosting people's miners. Right. So, but I was determined and I, and I knew, like, I believed in Bitcoin so much. Right. So I, I, I could care less, man. Like, I'm at that point, uh, Phil. Maybe you feel differently, but personally, I'm I'm there. Um, I mean, look, you know, to your point right at the beginning, as much as I hate Coinbase, okay, as much as I think they're total garbage, they are they are not insolvent, you know, like that. They they just aren't. And the mainstream media, you know, that I I'm always afraid of what they're telling people because they are so incredibly wrong and they consistently have the worst takes on Bitcoin. And it's really scary, right? Because like they have to tell you to trust them. Like think about it, right? Like when you watch CNN, they tell you that it's the most trusted source in news. If it, if it was, then they wouldn't have to tell you like they always have to remind you. So they constantly do this. And it's that messaging that sits there and you sit there and you go, oh, I can trust them. But you can't. They have, they have no fucking clue what they're talking about. And it's really scary. Right. And to a certain extent, like, you know, if you were listening to people like Peter Schiff, you know, and, and I know he's kind of contrary and he's not considered entirely, you know, mainstream media. But if you were listening to people like Peter Brandt, you were also steered in the wrong direction. You know, a lot of mainstream people when it comes to Bitcoin, because again, Bitcoin doesn't serve their narrative. So that's that's what those people require. And they require things that serve their narrative. And it, it just, it doesn't, Bitcoin doesn't work like that, right? It, be, it marches to the beat of its own 10 minute drum. So, hey, there you go. You know, too bad. It won't fit your narrative. It does its own thing. And as a result, it makes enemies. 
you know, these people, they just become enemies of Bitcoin because they, they sit there and they give a ton of misinformation and they mislead people. People get wrecked horribly. And, you know, a lot of them, unfortunately, get scared off. Yeah, I think uh, I, I just wrote an article about how um, Bitcoin has a lot of similarities to the advent of the printing press and looking at um the potential disruption that it will have on society as a whole. So like if you look at um, prior to the printing press, the Catholic church had a monopoly on all information. You know, they were the only ones that could read. They were the only ones that could write. Creating books was very um, difficult uh, because you had to hand write literally everything and the paper was expensive and you know, all of these things. And, and the printing press came about, and one of the first things that they did was translate the Bible into um, people's languages so that they could read it themselves, determine their relationship with God, and uh, without these uh, trusted third parties being the Catholic Church to, like, essentially dictate what um, God is to them. And the Catholic Church was abusing people in all sorts of ways, like, you know, you look at what started the Protestant revolution, you know, they were like, give us money or else you'll be stuck in purgatory. And for people that's pretty high stakes, you know, it's like, um, yeah. So the Catholic church was uh, very abusive over, um, you know, the individuals in their parishes, you know, where you essentially blackmail people to steal their money or else they have eternal damnation. And I feel like the fiat system is, you know, pretty similar today, you know, it's getting a lot worse with the financial censorship. Um, and, uh, you know, as content creators, I think we all have to be, you know, pretty aware of the censorship, like YouTube's getting pretty bad, um, payment processors. If you're talking about stuff, they don't want you to, uh, they will shut you down. Um, we saw it happen with WikiLeaks, you know, this, just this week, Steven Crowder got taken off of YouTube. Uh, I'm not a big fan of him, but, um, personally, but, uh, it's just interesting to watch these things happen. So I think Bitcoin as a disruptive technology, um, could definitely be equal to the printing press in the way that it, it, it takes something away it, it takes powers away from the elites to just control and manipulate individuals like we see today with taxation and and control of information and all of these other areas so yeah what what do you guys think about the censorship going on right now has that been a fear of you for you or um... man look it it's extremely alarming um i'm originally from venezuela Right. Um, I grew up in Miami, but my family is 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 originally from Venezuela. I lived my younger, my very young years in Venezuela, and I saw the country um, be completely destroyed by uh, socialism. We're seeing that kind of arise in the U.S. and when so when socialism and the ideals of socialism, right, um, whether people are conscious of it or not, right, are are kind of Marxist in nature. Right. Which is kind of like the oppress and the oppressor. Right. Which is kind of but it, it's now become a racial thing. Right. So if you're a certain uh, a certain skin color, you are the oppressor. If you are a certain skin, uh, skin color, you know, you are an, uh, you are the oppressed. Right. So it's it's kind of taken a different shape. But when you start experimenting with those concepts, right, you'll start to see the you know, the beginnings of 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 of, of censorship. 
of 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 totalitarianism right it's it's very scary um i i look as a fellow youtuber um i i i love i love not of course not all the things that steven crowder uh you know says in the show i do watch his show uh because i do lean like that politically but i do think that it's important um that on youtube and all these platforms there's a dissenting voice right to the other side to the mainstream narrative right it's very dangerous that if you disagree you know with the who but you are like a, a doctor of harvard like we reported the other day on simply bitcoin you you get censored you get you literally get called a liar right and as history shows us the moment that you start censoring something it doesn't end very well and unfortunately i think america has is is going down that path um, but look, this is why Bitcoin is important, right? Um, and, and this is also why Bitcoin is going to become a major target, right? Because the fact that you can't censor it um, definitely uh, pisses off a lot of people, but it also gives people the ability to not also vote with their wallet, which is very important, but also vote with their feet, you know? So it's it's very, it's it, unfortunately, it's, it's very scary times. It's the fourth turning, but it's also very exciting times. Uh, let's see what the what the future holds. Yeah, I could uh, I, I could add a little bit to that as well. Um, you know, when you know when the when the car first came out, right? The uh, you know the 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 people you know that um, you know were the, using the horse and buggies and and that were doing that as a business. Obviously, were very much against the cars, right? So because it now takes away it now takes away from their business. And the other piece to that is is that. Um, the same type of thing happened with other technologies, okay, along the way, okay? Um, when you look at the internet, like I, I remember growing up in, in the, in, you know, in the 80s and 90s, where if you use the internet with like, you know, uh, a 56K modem, which at its time was like peak technology, okay? You had a 56K modem, you were ripping. I mean, you were downloading five megabyte images in like 18 minutes. I mean, this was sick. You know, like, so, but again, right? No, everybody laughed and said, you're never going to stream video. This is never going to happen. We're never going to stream video. We're never going to do all of these things, okay? I, I still remember on our phones, okay, when you first got a browser on your flip phone, okay? Everyone laughed and was like, why would you waste your money to pay for a data plan? You're never going to be able to do anything on your phone. Look at us now, Okay. So this is the same type of thing, like the same way that electricity revolutionized every single thing that we can do, like after electricity, the internet, right, was born. I mean, let's be honest, I don't think we'd have the internet without electricity. So you, if you take a look at the internet, right, people didn't really think like at the time it was, it, it was used for, you know, the majority was used for email, you know, and, and like, browsing websites which was a horrible experience you know and like message boards and stuff like that nobody was able to really see like there were very few people that understood what they were standing in and were able to seize that opportunity but the ones that did okay are obviously you know reaping massive uh rewards from those benefits so if we take a look at bitcoin right you know bitcoin is the exact same type of leap when it comes to our money, okay, and it comes to our store of value and the ability 
to store our value throughout time. Okay, it, it's just created this this whole different paradigm shift that we don't fully understand. Right now, we understand it in this very limited capacity. Okay, and, and as a result, that that's our use case for it right now. It's fairly limited. So I, I don't even know what we don't know. You know what I mean? I, I'm not afraid to say it. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's one of the craziest things. Like. It, just looking back in time at how quickly technology changes and then looking at Bitcoin specifically and how quickly uh, Bitcoin has changed in the past few years, like with all the infrastructure that's coming around it with lightning. Um, I use Sphinx chat pretty regularly. And that would, that was something I never could have thought of, you know, is to put a podcast on a app and, and have the listeners stream me sats um, and, and what that, uh, could change. I mean, one of the dreams I have is like a music app like that where content creators can uh, put their music on instead of having to deal with these record labels, just get sats directly streamed to them from the user. But yeah, the, the possibilities are pretty endless. And yeah, that was, it, it definitely is a, a mind boggling thing to think about for sure. And uh, I mean, it, it is a, we, we have shows you know, it's specifically dedicated to Bitcoin because we think it's such a big deal. You know, I think it's the biggest thing I've seen in my lifetime. Um, you know, and uh, it's it's interesting you mentioned, Nico, um, voting with your feet and voting uh, uh, with your wallet. You know, a lot of people coming from Venezuela, Bitcoin's one of the only ways that they can actually leave with wealth. Um, and that's a story that I've been seeing pop up in Twitter uh, more and more and just the, the freedom that that gives the individual versus the power it gives the state is pretty uh, it's a pretty big deal um, for sure um, so yeah uh, to understand Bitcoin you have to understand the problem first that it's trying to fix um, so what what do you guys think the the main problem that Bitcoin fixes is you want so, me to go first or you want to go first uh it's up to you, my friend. I don't know. I mean, I like, I, I think it, I, what is the biggest problem Bitcoin fixes? I, I think it, I mean, okay. So look, if we're talking about the technology itself, it's the, you know, it, it's the double spend issue, right? But if, if we're talking about in terms of society, then we're, you know, we're, we're talking about the, um, uh, it fixes the issue with the, uh, the central bank where we no longer require uh, essentially um, you know, a small group of humans to make horrible decisions to, you know, inflate away our wealth. So it, it takes, it essentially takes the means of production out of human hands um, and leaves it up to pure mathematics. Yeah. And I'll just add to what Phil said exactly the, you know, the, the technical, it's the double set, the two Byzantine generals problem. That's a major computer uh, computer science program that was solved that essentially enables Bitcoin and the decentralization of it. But on a more, I would say on a more societal, um, man, the implications of what Bitcoin enables the individual to do, we can't even imagine just like you wouldn't be able to imagine back in the 90s that we are right now video chatting, you know, uh, hundreds of miles away from each other in an instant, right? We couldn't imagine that. And the fact that we're doing it for free, right? You couldn't imagine that in the 90s. You couldn't imagine YouTube. You couldn't imagine all the things right now that we take for granted, right? 
that is what Bitcoin is going to do within the next 10, 15 years, right? Um, I have no shadow of a doubt. And the implications of that are mind-blowing, right? Like, for example, right now there's a law that limits you uh, to cross borders. You can only have $10,000 in cash, right? Of course, that helps, you know, the Venezuelans that are trying to flee or other people around the around the world that are trying to flee their tyrannical governments. Um, but that also empowers the individual in the sense that I think that in the long term, it's going to it's going to make governments smaller. Right. And actually allow people to have more control of where the, mon the, the, the money that the governments do receive goes, right? Because I think that because of the very nature of fiat and how it's, uh, it's, it's architected, essentially the people that benefit from the money printing first are the people in D.C., right? So this centralizes so much power around Washington that it just corrupts so much and you could see that right like what happened in the last you know in the last one two years you know with the election it's like there's so much power there that 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 just allows so many things and we can't do anything about it but bitcoin enable it, it decentralizes that so man it, it's the implications of it are unimaginable man it's going to be so exciting what's scary is the fight to come the fight that we're starting to experience right between the powers that be that don't want to lose that power they're going to lose right the bitcoin is under i mean sorry the internet is undefeated in everything right but man man they're not going to go down gently you know they're not going to go down uh they're not going to go down without a fight uh so without a fight so man it, Oh, it's it's very exciting times to to live to live through, man. I'm I'm it's it's man. I'm speechless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think th there's a couple things going for us, and and one is that uh, wealthy and powerful people need to protect their wealth, and Bitcoin is showing to be the best way to do that right now. And so, um, them adopting it definitely protects us to a certain degree. But I I totally agree with you as far as um. A lot of people don't realize that we're in a fight right now, you know, that there is this um, uh, battle happening to completely erode uh, individuals' rights and freedoms and uh, to just extract wealth from them. It's a we've been in the pot for a while. The water's been getting a lot warmer. Now it's looking pretty hot on the on the verge of boiling and we have to do something about it. Um, and yeah, I see Bitcoin as the, the best way to do about that, because like if you look at the Federal Reserve, it undermines society um, all, all around. I mean, you look at the bailouts in 2008, you know, and it's just like these people can commit massive fraud, totally screw everybody over and they get rewarded for it. And that's our system, you know, whereas like normal people just get left out to dry. It's just incredibly insidious and and horrendous. Um but yeah, so Bitcoin fixes that. Um, why why don't shit coins fix that? Uh, uh, people, you know, coming into the space have this idea that all of these um, different cryptos, I, tr I tried to air quotes, cryptos um, uh, fix, uh, you know, we'll be able to operate together. Um, why why do you think that's not the case with shit coins? I'll I'll take this one, Phil, from the from the miner perspective. 
Um, okay, so look, fact is, is that Bitcoin is more thermodynamically superior than any other cryptocurrency on the planet. It's not even close, right? The amount of computational power, like physical computers around the world in a decentralized nature that is backing up the Bitcoin network is the only, why would you want to use a cryptocurrency? What's the only reason of using a cryptocurrency for, for, its for its decentralization and immutability, right? I know that if I sent you a Bitcoin, no matter if it's a hundred, a hundred billion dollar transaction and I sent it to you, right? And the US government was like, no, we can't do that, right? We can't, we can't allow that to happen. I could send it to you no matter what. And if the, the moment it's confirmed, right? One time, you know, to be safe three times, that's forever. It's, it's forever there. They can't do anything about it, right? You saw a real life example of this with Arthur Hayes, the moment he got arrested, um, or sorry, he was in another country, uh, but they, the U.S. government, you know, uh, basically wanted to arrest him because uh, BitMEX broke some laws. Uh, BitMEX continued to operate like, like nothing ever happened, right? So you could see that it makes the state powerless, right? And uh, bro, it, oh, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> I forgot what the main topic was. <laughs> why, why don't shit coins fix this? Okay. Yeah. It, it, thank you. So with the shit coin, right? The, 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 the ability for the state to attack this, right? Is much lower, right? You've seen this with Ethereum, uh, Ethereum Classic, you saw how it got 51%. You saw this with that another shitcoin called Horizon or Zen. They had to rebrand because of the, you know, the, the, the reputational damage of that attack also got 51% attack. So those networks are weaker. Why? Look, if I am escaping Venezuela, where would I want to put my energy, right? Where would I want to put my, 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 my time, my wealth, my future? Where would I want to put it, right? Where would anybody want to put it? You would only want to put it in that, in Bitcoin, right? Now, in, in terms of the utility tokens, right? Why have another blockchain? You only need one. You only need one blockchain to anchor yourself to economic reality, right? Or to the physical realm, right? Because Bitcoin operates in the, in the digital realm. So why not create something on top of the most secure, right, uh, the most secure blockchain, which is Bitcoin, versus trying to create your own. It doesn't make sense. You already see developments of layer two technologies. You saw Microsoft the other day launch something. I forget what it was called, but essentially it was like a way to put your username and passwords in the cloud. But why would you want to build that on, on, on Ethereum? It's less superior, right? It costs more energy to attack Bitcoin, right? then it would cost to, to attack Ethereum. So why would you want to put your username and password cloud thing on a less secure chain, right? So this idea of second layer is bullshit. This idea of first layer is bullshit, as, as you saw with Bitcoin Cash and BSV. Listen, you could say whatever you want about them having more superior technology, about them, you know, uh, the bigger blocks. But the matter of a fact is, is that both their hash rates, right, are... Literally, they've remained the same, right? BSV 
and Bitcoin Cash. Bitcoin has gone exponential, and the hash rate is the amount. It represents the amount of computational power that it would it would take to attack the network, right? So it just doesn't make sense. But it, you, of course, you could tell a lot of people this. You know, they're going to feel sour because they hold bags. But again, they're going to have to pay the price of tuition, right? But it is what it is, man. And it's all bullshit. All the all the shitcoin narratives, they're all bullshit. Yeah, before I throw this over to you, Phil, to get your thoughts, um, a lot of Ethereum nodes are run, and, and DeFi in general is run on Amazon Web Services, and Parler was also ran on Amazon Web Services, and we saw how easy it was to take uh, Parler down. Um, so yeah, as far as like being uh, safe from nation states, uh, um, Bitcoin definitely leads the way in that that category. Wait, what are your What are your thoughts on that, Phil? So. Um, you know, to, you know, why, why won't shitcoins, you know, why can't shitcoins do what Bitcoin does? So first of all, although some people don't like to discuss it or explain it this way, Bitcoin has an immaculate conception, okay? Bitcoin was actually born of an actual societal need, a need for hard money, okay? So the idea that a shitcoin, which is created most of the time by, you know, one person and is managed by a small group of people, most cases managed by a corporation, Okay. If Bitcoin fails, right, why would this lesser, um, lesser quality product, right, that has a central point of failure, why would this take its place? It wouldn't. If Bitcoin dies, all the shitcoin narratives are invalidated. Everything, these people should wake up every single day and thank fucking God that Bitcoin exists because their shitcoin narrative completely dies if Bitcoin dies. They go nowhere. Why, why do you think, uh, you know, it's like, why did, uh, what's it called? Uh, like DigiCash and eGold and all that stuff. Why were they all shut down? Why were they stopped? Bitcoin, Bitcoin fixes where they went wrong. Satoshi Nakamoto removed himself from the equation. And as a result, we have this headless, you know, essentially this headless monetary octopus that can't be stopped. And it works for the benefit of the network, right? All of the network participants end up reaping the benefits and the value of that ever-growing, ever-strengthening uh, network. So there's that aspect uh, as well. The other piece of it is, okay, so when it comes to the shitcoin narratives, we, we get fooled by a couple of things, right? Uh, we get fooled by what I like to call the partnership parade. You know, that's something I, I kind of thought up like from all of the shitcoining that I did. Every single shitcoin has this, okay? They all have these partnerships. This company's partnering with that company. They're going to bring these two blockchains together. You're going to have multiple blockchains all to be doing what the blockchains need to do. Okay. So at the end of the day, most, if not all of these utility tokens, they don't require a token to actually provide the service or technology that they are that they are using okay they don't they don't need a specialized token to do it they could just use bitcoin but the problem is is that their their narrative right it doesn't live without a shitcoin to fund it because nobody in the right mind is going to fund another app that does decentralized storage like nobody gives a shit okay a decentralized storage doesn't need its own special money it just doesn't you can have decentralized storage and pay the person in bitcoin or you could pay them in shitty fiat. It doesn't need its own token, okay? 
and we could also go on with other ones like the security tokens, right? The ID, the security identification tokens. I always go on about this. Those are the worst offenders. Like, I mean, they're all horrible offenders, but like to me, like that's the biggest joke of all. None of it needs to be money, okay? And those security identification tokens, they all go back to a centralized server. They all go back, they're all using APIs that go back to a central location where your ID is stored. How do they know to validate your identification? Because you sign up with the company that offers the token and the service. It is the dumbest shit ever. And on top of that, you never actually end up using the token. You never need it. The people using the service never need the token. The, the companies that choose to integrate the service with theirs never uses the token. Never gets used. It's all a scam. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that you guys talk about is there is uh, a price to entry in learning about all of these things and seeing all of it. it, it it's really tough when you get into um, like you open up a Coinbase account or any exchange other than you know, the Bitcoin only ones, which are, I refer people exclusively to, but it, you, you go and you sign up for Gemini or, or Coinbase and you see all these shit coins um, and then you get marketed to um, really, really hard. I, I remember there was a guy um, that was trying to get, when I started the, the podcast, um, he was trying to get me hooked up with Dash, you know, and Dash just gives people money to market their product, essentially just large sums of money. Um, and that, that that's completely uh, different than Bitcoin. You know, there's Chamath, who's the Bitcoin CEO, doesn't give me any money to market Bitcoin. Um, I, I'm kidding when I say that, but um, uh, well, um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it it is interesting. I mean, like, guy, have you guys listened to Shitcoin Insider with Guy Swan at all? I haven't, but I've heard great things about it. I, I got to check it out. There's so much amazing material out there. It's impossible to keep up with all of it. But I do see tweets about it all the time. And like, awesome that he's doing this as well as Bitcoin Audible. Yeah. Yeah, I love that show. And I love to refer to new people because it gives you actually an in-depth explanation as to why it's a shit coin, whether it's Ethereum or XRP or what, whichever other one that, that they did. Um so yeah, so somebody might be listening and they might be a little bit offended at this point. Um, so uh, why are we not like just Bitcoin cultists? You know, why why is there um, some legitimacy to the argument other than um, these guys being scams and uh, and or how would you respond if somebody accuses you of being a Bitcoin cultist? I would say I am a Bitcoin cultist. And if, and I could care less what the hell you think of what I am, you know, uh, I believe that Bitcoin is a better money. Uh, you know, Bitcoin isn't like a, uh, you know, a religion based on it. It isn't a theology, you know, um, it isn't based on a God, right. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a better money that incentivizes better behavior and, uh, you know, there's this age old adage in Bitcoin that says, uh, you know, you don't change Bitcoin, Bitcoin changes you. Um, and yeah, man, like, and you see that, right? <laughs> it makes you value, um, you know, in, uh, in the, uh, independence and personal responsibility. And yeah, man, and, and Fiat does the, 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 the exact opposite. So I, I wear the badge of, I guess, being labeled that because I don't consider myself that, but 
I know what it entails when someone says that, but yeah, then I wear it proudly. I'm a Bitcoin cultist. The, uh, I think the shitcoiners misunderstand what, what Bitcoin, you know, or toxic Bitcoin maximalists are. Okay. They, you know, in some cases we get accused of being cultists, right? But at the end of the day, you know, um, it has nothing to do with Bitcoin. It has to do with freedom maximalism, okay? And it has to do with choosing the most superior sound money way of storing your value and being able to transact mm -hmm. and the censorship resistance, right? So there is nothing else on this planet that can do what Bitcoin does for our time value storage. It simply does not exist. And the reality is, is that Bitcoin is the best at doing that. So, you know, the same way that the fiat system was destroyed by Bitcoin, we would need a system that is more perfect than Bitcoin to destroy it. That would be required if it needs, if it needs to come into existence. But there is no need for it to come into existence. Bitcoin offers all of the correct incentives um, along with the, you know, the philosophical and, you know, economic aspects. So... Right now, it is it is completely you know the perfect specimen, you know like that that that's the that's the reality of it. I think this is what people like misunderstand uh, about Bitcoin, right? It, it has a lot to do with the philosophy of Bitcoin. You know, we want the soundest money. Gold was not the soundest money. Everybody can fake it, okay? Nobody has to move it to say that a transaction happened. Like, there's too many problems with it. You know, like Bitcoin fixes all of those problems and steps forward into the in, into today and into the future. Yeah, I think that's great. I think after this, I might go on Alibaba and buy some uh, fake gold. They've been selling it on there. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, I love those. I love those answers. And I think like uh, it's definitely important to have thick skin because there's a lot of uh uh, insults and, and just craziness hurled at people. Um, you know, I, I saw, um, uh, in articles suggesting that, um, the Capitol riot that happened on January 6th was helped funded by Bitcoin, you know, and what they're trying to imply with that, that it's some sort of alt right thing or, you know, white supremacist or, or something like that. And it's so, it's so far from the fact or from truth, but like, you know, the state will fight back. And I, I think it's becoming clear that the state run media or the mainstream media or corporate run media, whatever you want to call it, it's all the same, um, is attacking it. Um, but yeah, uh, where, where are some good places to, to follow your guys's work? Is, is there anything coming up that you guys are excited about with the show? Um, and man, uh, we try to change it up every week. We try to bring on, you know, at least one guest and we try to, you know, tell, you know, tell you, show you the latest memes. Right. And, uh, you know, Phil has this awesome segment, the daily fail, just, you know, fiat, uh, fiat economists, just their horrible takes on Twitter. We try to cover that. And of course we try to tell you the, you know, the daily news and, uh, yeah, man, but it's, you know, it's, it's the daily news. So it's always different. Uh, but you could find us every day. No, not every day. I apologize. Tuesday through uh, through Saturday, we have a new show. And we just started doing uh, a, a short format. It's called Shorts. It's like a, it's like a TikTok-type-esque thing with a new format. Uh, we post that on Sundays. Uh, 
Very exciting, uh, bro. Thank you so much for, for having us on, man. Yeah. No, thanks for coming on. Yeah, so you uh, could find all of our stuff on YouTube, right? Just go to you, you know, on YouTube and type simply Bitcoin. We're the orange logo and it just says simply Bitcoin on the inside. And on Twitter, you can find me at Coin Icarus, but you can also find us at simply Bitcoin underscore because somebody stole the the original name. They got to it first. I shouldn't say they stole it, they got to it first. Yeah. Michael Michael Saylor has a knack for doing stuff like that, whether it's with websites or um, just holding them for, for resale. That might be a, a lucrative business for the future. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, that was a really fun show with uh, Phil and Nico from Simply Bitcoin. I'll make sure to have all their information linked in the uh, description below. So go please go and check them out. It'll be a benefit to you because they do such a great job and just create such great content. Um, I'm a big fan, but yeah, uh, we're having some Bitcoin meetups coming up in Arizona, uh, one in Tucson on the 17th and one in Phoenix on the 19th. So make sure to check that out. And I'm really excited to about all the energy around Bitcoin that's happening here in in Arizona we're gonna get Arizona on a Bitcoin standard sooner or later um, and we're working to make that sooner and uh, I'm really excited so thanks for watching or listening and have a good one